Please sit down. And as you sit down, why don't you grab this Luke's account that you've been given? It's one of the four accounts of the life of Jesus. Here's a tip. I've got 12 minutes. You're better off reading page six than looking at me. It'll be a much nicer six minutes for you. Uh, I'm going to give you a bit of Luke's story, as it were, straight from the horse's mouth. This is the Bible. You may have read it many times. You may never have read it. Turn to page six, and then we can scan what's going on in the Christmas story. Here's the first question on page six, I think, that counts. In Luke chapter two, in the first couple of verses, look at verse one of Luke chapter two on page six. I think Luke wants us to ask, who's in charge of history tonight? Who's really in charge of the world? Well, it looks, says Luke, look at verse one, like Caesar Augustus, the Roman Empire, the big powers run the world. Caesar says there's going to be a census in verses 1 to 3. And of quite a big cheese as well, called Quirinius, is governor of Syria. And it's his census we're talking about. And in that census, it looks like the very little people in history who have to come, verse 4, from very far up north in Nazareth, Joseph and Mary. You see them there, 4 to 7, you see their names. This is the story They have to, when she's heavily pregnant, travel a long way because some big person in Rome said there's a census and all of you little ones have got to go. But here's the twist in the tale that puts us here 2,000 years later. Caesar wasn't in charge of history. Quirinius wasn't in charge of history. God's in charge of history. He runs the whole show. And it looks as if he doesn't. But the great story of Christmas is that he really does. He really does, you know. But look at that in verse 7. See, look, look at it there. Verse 6, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she, Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son. We know now, right? By now, 50 minutes in, that's Jesus Christ from the carols. She wrapped him in cloths, verse 7, and placed him in a manger in the eating trough of the animals because there was no guest room available for them. Premier Inn was packed. Travel Lodge was packed. No way in. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The way Jesus started out was on a road to somewhere called Calvary. And from the beginning, we're left in no doubt that when God came, he came To do something extraordinary, the creator of billions of galaxies came as a baby. And now the second of three questions, who controls history? God was in charge of this whole thing. The whole thing. Jesus was meant to be born here, right now, in this place. Question two of three. Okay, what does God really want to tell us in this story? In his story, history. What does he want to tell us? Here it is. Look with me at verses 8 onwards. Get your heads into it. Have a look at it. It's the story. There were shepherds in the fields nearby, watching over the flocks at night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Now, don't be ageist on this. Just because it was 2,000 years ago, people did not have messengers in the sky. You say, well, we're modern, we're sophisticated, we're secular. There aren't angels in the sky. These guys knew that. They weren't thick. 
They were working shepherds. They'd never seen this. So when they see this messenger in the sky, look, they're terrified. Wouldn't you be? But let's be basic here. If there is a God, there's a supernatural. If there's a supernatural, he can do what he wants. So he shows up on the night shift. Look what the angel says in 10. Great, isn't it? Don't be terrified. Calm yourselves down. Oh, please look at this. This is the heart of the story this evening. Look what the angel says. There's so many words here that count. Don't be afraid. Why? I bring you good news of great joy. Look at that. The Christian message is called good news or gospel. Same thing. It doesn't say boring news, religious news, heavy news, kills your life news. No, 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 no. Good news. And even more, look, great joy. Seriously, seriously, can being a Christian be brilliant news that brings incredible joy? You might have come off tonight, come off Oxford Street and walked in and gone, seriously, bud, I came for a carol. Don't be telling me that. That's not true. Well, you're in the carol service because this is what people want to do. They have great joy because of good news that they can't help but share. That's what happens, you see. That's how the world's changed by Jesus Christ. More great joy. Look, look at that word. Will be, verse 10, for all the people, not just the churchgoers, not just the well-to-do, not just those from a religious background, not just those from any particular faith. All people. Jesus Christ came for all people. So, of course, by definition, that means you. Doesn't it? Obviously, all subset us. Today, verse 11, in Bethlehem, the town where the great hero and predecessor in the Jewish nation called King David lived, in the town of David where the census sent Joseph, because he'd grown up there, a baby has been born to you. Look at those words at the end of 11. You can take this home, right? Read it again. He is Christ the Lord. We say, meaning? Christ, the Christ is the king that the nation of Israel has waited for for hundreds of years to rescue them. The great king to come, the king, and then outrageous, the Lord. But that's the word for God. So the baby in the manger is the great king who has brought good news for all people who will turn to him. And he is God himself as a man. That's why if you come to something like this and you think this is true, you're absolutely on fire with hope. In a world which often lacks any real hope. You see here the Christian story. The baby is born and lives a perfect life. And somewhere around three decades later, the baby, having lived the perfect existence as an adult man, is murdered on a cross not far from this cradle and as he dies on that cross and here's the heart of it the God of perfect justice who sees all of our misgivings and failures everything that nobody knows about you at all at all even the one who loves you the most God knows and he knows we're culpable 
and deserve his punishment for our rebellion against our creator and the way we treat each other. And on that cross, the perfect baby who never failed dies. And he has one hand in heaven and one hand to us this Christmas. And he says, I'm dying for you, for you, for all who will trust me. And when Jesus smashes death three days after the cross, he says, I will open up a door that you will live forever. You need never fear the grave. You say too good to be true. And the Bible says, no, it's not. This is the Christmas story. No wonder 13 and 14. The one angel is joined by an absolute shed full of angels. Look at it. A great company of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest on earth. Oh, what a line on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Oh, who wants peace tonight? It's up for grabs. It's all here in Christ. And so how do we respond? Let's just close here. Who controls history? What's the message? How do we respond? Look what the shepherds do. It's fantastic in 15 and 16. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. See 16, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby in the manger. See what the shepherds did? Once they knew something about Jesus Christ, they had to go. Well, if you came to church tonight, that means you had to go. You wanted to do something about Christmas and Christ. Class. Now, what does it look to go to Christ 2,000 years later? It's to run to the cross. It's to run to the man on the cross and say, you died there for me. You died that I might have life. Come into my life, you risen Lord and King. And at that moment, a human being starts a new life, a brand new life. Same personality, same kind of person, same broadly speaking, loud and quiet. But inside, a brand new start with Jesus at the center. And no wonder the last thing that happens in response is in 18, 17 to 20. When the shepherds had seen Jesus, look, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. Verse 20, the shepherds returned home glorifying, praising God for all they had seen and heard. That's why Christians are sometimes a bit of a pest. Because they can't keep to themselves what they want to give away. Because somebody told somebody who's a Christian this message of good news and said it's for all and Jesus has done it. And they can't help but say, take it, take it for yourself. It doesn't belong to anyone in particular. It belongs to God himself and he gives it away. So the good news of Jesus Christ is at the heart of this carol service and at the heart of Christmas. If anything in the singing and the Bible reading and the music and the talk tonight has captured your attention, don't stop now. Don't let that go. Take Luke's account home with you. Have a read of the whole story if you're Welsh, it will take two hours. If you're anything else, you'll do it easily in an hour. <laughs> and on the inside back cover of your order of service, there's a little QR code 
which you can have a check of that, look at it, and if you'd like to learn a little bit more and discuss this a little bit more, here at All Souls on the 8th of January, we'll be looking at Hope Explored, just to take a few next steps. So you can ask and discuss this further if you want to. Well, here's our final carol then, and what a song it is. Now, when you sing this song, but you open the order of service, because you know the song probably, right? Hark the herald angels sing. But now, you now know where the words come from, Luke chapter 2. So now you're going to sing Luke chapter 2 with joy together. Let's stand and sing.